today's going to be a little different. Dawn is out of the office, so uh, the kids have taken over the conference room, <laughs> and we are filming our own podcast. <laughs> it's kind of impromptu, too. We yeah. were like, oh, we have something to talk about, David. So we're so very excited start. about this. Uh, we may, Dawn may need a new job. <laughs> we're taking over. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know us, this is Victoria Abbott, and I am Brooke Mulligan, and we are going to be talking about one celebrity today, uh, Kelsey Ballerini. I guess two. Two. I guess he is a celebrity, too. But <laughs> Slender right from the beginning. I know. There's going to be some country fans coming I after know. me. Like, he's the best. He's the real star. The whole idea came because I've been listening to her EP on my way into the office. I commute, and so the EP's been on, on replay. And I thought, this is a good topic for the podcast because it is about these two celebrities who are divorcing famous country stars, and we thought we would talk about this divorce a little bit yes. um, and how it might have played out different in California even. Exactly. Because they got divorced in uh, Tennessee, right? Correct, yeah. So Tennessee is an equitable division state, whereas California is a community property state. Mm-hmm. Well, but- I actually, funny story, I remember... You know, I took family law yeah. in in law school, and it was all about California family law. And I had a friend whose parents were going through divorce in, I think it was South Carolina. And he was like, well, my mom's trying to figure out if dad's cheating and things like that. And I was like, well, that Who doesn't cares? matter. It's, you know, just like, <laughs> just no fault, no fault. <laughs> and he was like, no, it it matters here, oh, actually. Does it matter? It matters, yes. Oh, wow. And it matters how they divide assets. Um, it's the same thing in Georgia. I found this out because I watched <laughs> The Real Housewives of Atlanta, and there's a divorce going on there, and she has alleged cheating because it's going. To, it can affect support division and division of assets, which oh, wow. is totally foreign to us in California. It's where... hard to even wrap my brain around that because it is so foreign in California. Yes. I'm trying to think how that plays out. And how do you even, I mean, that seems like such a factual dispute in terms of proving whether or not there's been infidelity or not. Here in California, things are pretty much 50-50. There's some nuance to the law, but basically 50-50. Equal division, it sounds like I'm sure it's not a free-for-all. I'm sure there's some law, but it's sounding a lot like a free-for-all to me. But nonetheless, they got divorced in Equal Division State, uh, Tennessee, um, and they had a prenup. And it sounds like um, one of the things that came from the prenup is that she ended up giving this house to him. Um because if she didn't give the house to him, they were going to have to go to court about alimony. Um so maybe we'll talk a little bit about yeah. So basically, he presented to her like, "Give me half of the house that really isn't mine." Yeah. Or we're gonna go to court and you we're gonna fight over spousal support. Yeah. So their counsel calls up her counsel and says, "Hey, the prenup. We're interpreting the prenup this way. They're interpreting it one way, and which we have happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Kelsey's in this ad." Uh, decision to either give the house or, I guess, go to public court proceedings about alimony. Oh, and public proceedings. I, yes. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking of that. Yeah. You know, there's another layer because they're celebrities. Right. Not that this divorce has been very private anyways, but... <laughs> That's um, true. Yeah, the EP you've been yeah. listening to is <laughs> all about the divorce. Not to mention, he he released a song, too. I think maybe even an album, but I know a song. Um, but yeah, I know you were going to touch base a little bit about the decision between settling or perhaps um, going to trial or... Yeah, so something that we deal with a lot, I'm sure you've dealt with it also, is we'll get a client come in and is really black and white about what they deserve and um, 
you know, and they're not going to go down without getting everything they're entitled to, which I do understand that sentiment. I'm Mm -hmm. also a pretty black and white person, and I – so I I completely understand. But you have to start kind of weighing the pros and cons. If you are divorcing someone who, you know, is going to fight you, and instead you can give in slightly, you're going to avoid, you know, extra costs by going to court. Mm -hmm. You're going to also avoid kind of the emotional – I don't want to call it emotional trauma, but it can be very difficult going to court and going through a trial. And, I mean, it's just taxing, exhausting. Um, And so you have to think about those considerations. So, you know, if he wants an extra – you know, in one of my cases, my client gave – gave up, you know, $5,000 or gave him a credit for that. He really couldn't prove that, but she said to me, you know, I just want to be done. I want this done and this will get it done. And I thought that was really smart of her. She was really focusing on her emotional well-being. I love that. um, Which I think we we need to, we need to hope our clients do that because the the tax it takes on you to keep fighting, especially with someone who is ready to fight and, you know, we, we call it being kind of married to your divorce. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to take you down with them. Yeah. And so it seems like that's what she did in the situation. Yeah. You know, she gave half of the house that he wasn't entitled to, it sounds like, you know, from her point yeah. of view, um, to avoid going to court and, you know, dealing with the spousal support issue. Yeah. I think it's a great choice. I agree. I, I think we always try to tell our clients, I mean, there are situations where it's worth going to trial. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I know Don always, you know, gives this uh, message to clients that, you know, he's ready to go to trial. He can represent you in trial, but we do tell clients it's out of it's out of your hands sometimes. Yeah. Once you're in front of that judge, they're making the decision, whereas if you're in these settlement discussions, at least you get to be the one to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's, that's a nice okay. thing. You know, in Los Angeles, you have to go to mediation mm-hmm. before any child custody um, hearing is mm-hmm. held. And we tell our clients, you know, you don't have to come to an agreement, but if they propose something that works for you and you can live with and it takes mm-hmm. into account, you know, all the variables in your specific situation, you know, f- go yeah. for it. Because if you're going to go to the judge, the judge is going to make an order and right. it's not going to take into account every single very detail of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you're someone, you know, where one party maybe works overnights, you know, kind of Come to right. an agreement around that if if you can, and this yeah. is not to say that always right. We're talking works. in an ideal world, exactly. Because yeah. yeah, I don't want anyone to feel like if you can't reach settlement, you, then it's a failure. It's done not. Something. It's not. Yeah. But it's good to keep an open mind about yeah. it, um, and definitely weighing those you know those pros and cons. And yeah, you know, going back to my example about the five thousand dollars, if she were to go to trial, it's going to cost a lot more than five thousand dollars. Yeah, and so you need to look at that also. Yeah. And you want to be right. You want to be happy. I like that. It's That's a good saying. I say it to my clients a lot, actually. I'm going to use that. I Yeah, I think that you hit it around the nail that that's the approach she took. I read in this article that she said, you know, it was either going to be going back and forth about these alimony payments or just giving up this house. And she just wanted to be done. She wanted out. Um, in fact, I think she uses that exact language. And we have clients who feel that way. Mm-hmm. I just want out. I just want this divorce to be finalized. And if that's the route that works for you, I think that that's a perfectly – yeah fine approach. I mean, it's like not a one size fits all type of situation, but that's what she did here. Um, the other thing was just the alimony dispute, which I think would also be different in the state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a well, yeah, short term marriage. Yeah. So they have a five year marriage. Well, I'll get some background too. They got engaged pretty quickly after meeting nine months. So I'm assuming their prenup was probably drafted pretty quick. 
quickly. Yeah, I'm I just making so. an assumption that might equate for some of the unclear Ambiguity, language. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, five year marriage, short term marriage. Um, do you want to touch on the law and spousal support in terms of short term marriages? Yes. So, um, a short term marriage in California, at least, is anything under ten years. Um, once you hit that ten year mark, you are entitled to spousal. Well, one party is entitled to spousal support kind of indefinitely um you know you the court continues to have jurisdiction over it uh regardless of how long you've been divorced uh on the other hand when it's a short-term marriage Mm -hmm. uh i actually don't think this is codified or anything but it's usually it's half of the length of the marriage you will get spousal support um and that is usually after the actual judgment is entered so if you're doing the uh, you know, the interim orders, that doesn't always count right. towards that. You know, in this case, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, technically, the courts aren't supposed to use the DISO master to calculate permanent support, but I believe what I they usually they do. Sometimes they do, yeah. And they'll discount it for a permanent order by maybe 15%. Um, it's kind of the rule of thumb I go by when I'm talking to my clients, but they are supposed to be looking at the marital standard of living and kind of come to a an order that, so, you know, reflects that. Reflects that. Yeah, that's why I thought was interesting in this case. The two issues was this division of this house, which in California probably would have just been equal division of the asset 50-50 unless there was, like, separate property contributions. Yeah, and because yeah. I think it – I mean, I know from just the way – what she said, she said it was her house. Yeah. So I don't know if that means she bought it before marriage. I think they bought it during the marriage. Interesting. So but maybe, it's her house in the – not in a legal term that we use in California. Oh, it's just her, like... Her house as in she bought it. Okay. But if, let's say she came to our office and she said, this is my house, we would say to her, well, was it purchased during the marriage? Because then it's presumptively community property. Exactly. Which, and you can get around that. Yeah. Um, But it's, you know, the burden is on the party asserting mm-hmm. that it's separate property. So in this case, it would be Kelsey. And she mm-hmm. would need to show that the house was bought with her separate properties. So, you know, money that she earned before the marriage that she had not commingled. Uh, if she had commingled it, then you could try to do a tracing, right. but it's very, it's difficult. Yeah. And it would be much harder to argue in the state of California. This is her house. Exactly. Um, and this, then again, back to the alimony, right? It was a short term marriage. So alimony wouldn't even really be an issue because, we would really only be looking at a two and a half, half year. year period right. at probably the most. Exactly. And most likely less than that. And I think if you were to equate these two incomes, um, I don't think that there would even be that high of a, a spousal support. I'm, I was wondering that because yeah. I don't I don't really know country stars very I well. Don't, so I don't, I don't know if they're comparable yeah. or not. Yeah. Jen, um, my paralegal, she is a big country fan, and she said Kelsey's probably a little more famous because she also is in the pop sector mm-hmm. um whereas he's strictly country i guess so i guess maybe there's a um Some difference adults, in their incomes right. but i would imagine it's not Catch, that, yeah, yeah that significant so it would i think the divorce would have played out very differently in the state of california than it did somewhere like nashville where they have equitable division well i wonder if it's the prenup that that ambiguous language mm-hmm. could be read to give him you know, a, a much larger amount yeah. of spousal support than he would have been entitled to yeah. under uh, Tennessee law. Yeah. And so maybe that's what they would have been fighting about. Yeah. I saw something, too, about the duration, maybe, that it was going to be for a very long period oh, of time, really? um, which also, you know, they got married. She was 22. 
Um, or no, I'm sorry, she was like around 23 years old, and then I don't know how old he was. But, you know, people enter into prenups all the time, and they're it's challenging. You don't know what, you know, your marriage is going to look like in five yeah. years, 10 years, 15 years. And so, and they just, I don't know if you saw the podcast uh, Dawn and I did recently, but they just changed the, it's like enforcement at the time of enforcement yeah. and execution. So, you know, it's you're contracting and you don't really know what the future holds. Yeah. So there's that saying that the person you divorce is not mm-hmm. the person that you married. Yeah. And- Similarly, the person you are contracting a prenup with is not the person that you are going to be dealing with at a divorce who's trying to enforce the prenup. I think that's been very true in this case. Mm -hmm. You can just tell from the tension and the back and forth that's happened in the media that this is not an amicable divorce. The back and forth is... I mean, I guess I'm not a celebrity, so I don't live my life in the public eye. And maybe once you start living your life in the public eye, you you think... You get used to it. Yeah, like you have to continue to share everything. But... I mean, we would advise our clients not to do that. You know, it's so funny. On her EP, um, she has a interlude. I don't know if that's a song title or if that's like, I don't know. Point being that <laughs> something. one of the lines in that, you know, in the interlude is that her attorney says something about not, you know, setting the record straight publicly. And that is so true, right? If we have clients who are divorcing, we would never advise them to go on social media platforms. Right. And make statements about the divorce because you never know what's going to be entered into evidence. Well, it goes back to the, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. And you are not going to be a happy person if you continue to you know, live in your divorce yeah. or yeah. separation or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. The goal should be, you know, yeah. deal with it and then yeah. move on if possible. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah, it's such a, obviously everybody's healing process looks different and we never are judging our clients, but Certainly, from a legal perspective, we're like, please don't post please anything don't do on social it's not media. Going to help, please don't put anything mean about your spouse on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely, when you're going through, especially a very contentious divorce, you need yeah. to live your life as if everything you do is going to be seen by a judge. Yeah, because a lot kind of it of, kind that of that is true. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know, you have that one moment where you're just so upset so you send a nasty text message yeah. and of course that's going to be exhibit one text a message that gets entered into evidence yeah but it's going to paint you in a in yeah. a certain picture and you know we don't want yeah. that for our clients yep one of the reasons that they said that they're divorcing or she says they're divorcing is um he wanted children and she didn't mm-hmm. and i think you and i were before the podcast just talking about how when we see you know divorces unfold one of the main issues that happens is custody the dispute around custody and parenting styles Mm -hmm. and how important sometimes I think those discussions are we're not marriage therapists yeah we're we're not advice yeah (laughs) this is not marriage therapy advice but I thought it was interesting that that was something that was uh you know leading to their their divorce I'm sure that happens for a lot of people but right and it's you know not that you should be in a marriage where you're you know always considering what's going to happen if you divorce I'm I'm not married so I you know I shouldn't even be talking about but I am natural though in our profession to be but you're just on your mind a little bit but um (laughs) you know if you're having these disagreements about you know when to even have children Mm -hmm. you know it is scary that you may be very much on different pages about Mm -hmm. like you said raising children. children yeah and if you know you separate that person is going to have you know custody of the children most likely 50 50, yeah yeah. and so you know you want to be cognizant Mm -hmm. that the person you are having children with is 
someone yeah. you're on the same page yeah. with. It's that's again ideal, perfect world. Like, I know. And here we are. We're giving advice. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk about everything under the sun, yeah. you know, before you get married, but. This is a good example of it is uh, interesting. And, and it is conversations can be helpful. Well, this is a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining me <laughs> as I impersonated Dawn. Um, yes, you did a great job. Thank you, thank you. And thank you for watching.